Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Zach Wilson's time again, isn't it? This is the Rich Eisen Show. It's a red alert. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Zach Wilson looking lost. Like my 10-year-old trying to solve a problem put forth by Professor Oppenheimer. That's the way it looks sometimes <laughs> for him operating this offense. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests, NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider Tom Curran, Pro Football Hall of Famer Warren Sapp, ESPN NFL analyst Lewis Riddick, and now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show live in Los Angeles, California. So much to discuss now with the last two games of week two in the books in the National Football League. We're already turning the page to week three. We've got injury news, we've got injury updates, you've got college football on the docket, football on the brain, and why not? Uh, The Overreaction Monday podcast is up for everybody to go check out. Chris Brockman and I recorded it. As soon as Monday's show was over, check out the Overreaction Monday podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And also later on today, as soon as this show is over, Susie Schuster and Amy Trask will record the latest episode of What the Football. Ian Rappaport will be their guest in Rap Sheet. Boy, does he have all the information on what happened over pretty much the last 24 to 48 hours. T. Jefferson will be part of that podcast it's all part of the rich eisen show rich eisen podcast family it's all exciting and we say hello to everybody that is taking in this show maybe in the podcast version of this program we say hello to the roku channel audience we say hello to the sirius xm odyssey and of course terrestrial radio audience that is checking us out here today three wide three zoom three live zooms uh, we've oh, got today cool. uh tommy curran uh, is going to be uh chiming in from owen to boston owen to patriots Getting set to go one and two as they take on the Jets this weekend. Uh, you could just already, I'm not saying to sharpie that in the W column, but that's the way I'm kind of feeling. Uh, Tom uh, will be joining us in about 20 minutes' time. Sir Sap himself, Warren Sap, will be joining us. Uh, so much fishing. to discuss. They'll just talk ball with him. He's hashtag not fishing, he's hashtag zooming with us. Uh, Deion Sanders is on Friday's show and said that he intends to make Sap his defensive line coach when Sap uh, gets his degree and Love he's ready that. to do it. That's coach awesome. Sap. So we'll chat We'll chat with Coach Sap. And speaking of Dion, uh, Lewis Riddick called along with Mark Jones, who I love. They're a great listen. <laughs> you know I'm a big Mark Jones yeah, fan, right, from back in my day of uh, sitting there getting ready to do the uh, – 2 a.m. Sports Center and watching Mark Jones in a silhouette doing his jump shot on the set of NBA Today on ESPN. He's been dropping bars for years. He has been doing that, TJ, that is for sure. Um, anyway, Lewis called Dion's uh, the Colorado versus Colorado State game. He was also in the booth on the Monday nighter for the Saints going 2-0 against the Carolina Panthers. And Lewis will join us on Zoom, uh, fresh back from Carolina in hour number three. There's you at 844-204-RICH, also the number to dial. Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo in their spots. Rich, good to see up? you here on this Tuesday. Uh, and uh, TJ Jefferson, uh, good to see you uh, now fully officially introduced on this three-hour show. <laughs> What's up? going on, sir? What's up, folks? Okay, so, uh, boy, talk about an absolute gut punch when you see one of the best in the business who's all business and in case you didn't know that about Nick Chubb, maybe you learned that when he called into our show last week in advance of this Monday night game in Pittsburgh. I mean, there really wasn't much, you know, jocularity. This guy is like shows up, puts his nose to the grindstone, or he just gets into his gig every single time he walks in the building. And he, more than maybe anybody in that building, and I'm not there, so I wouldn't know, uh, maybe anybody who might be a little bit more expert on what's going on in Berea there might be able to push back. My Miles Garrett is a leader. Uh, I'm sure they do follow Deshaun Watson into battle. Amari Cooper doesn't say very much, I don't think. Nick Chubb doesn't say very much either, but I think they just take his cue because everything that the Browns offense does um, is predicated off of Nick Chubb. Chewing up the yards and keeping the clock moving and the chains moving and everything else builds off of that 
And when Aaron Rodgers went down for the Jets two Monday nights ago, I mean, talk about Dude, gut two, punches two on row, back-to-back man. Monday nights Brutal. to open the season. Um, I heard when I was saying here on this show and also NFL Network talking about how we Jets fans can't have nice things. We're not allowed to have too many nice things. I said that into this microphone over and over and over again and into the love microphone on NFL Network multiple times last Sunday. I would hear when I said those things from Browns fans saying, tell me about it. Or you're holding our beer, sir. And I, I, I've even heard from a couple of Browns fans saying, at least you've been to a Super Bowl. And I'm like, well, I'm 54. I might have been a zygote at the time when uh, Joe, Joe Namath won it all. Yeah, I just said the word. Might be accurate. I don't know. I really haven't done the math. <laughs> it's nothing you want to think about. I don't want to think about it. I don't. Think about it. I don't <laughs> too much informational TMI, but yeah. it's been a while. And uh, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw Nick Chubb go down. And and then I saw on Twitter, actually, the replays. Because I was doing Westwood One's coverage of both games, doing both games, kind of updating both broadcasts. And um, I was watching the Carolina and Saints game going down. And um, part of that broadcast... When I then looked at Twitter and I saw what happened to Nick Chubb. And it confirmed after the game, it does appear to be as catastrophic as it looked. Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns head coach had this to say after the game when asked about what he saw and what this means for his team and everyone else in the organization moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a team game. Nobody's bigger than the team. Uh, you know, I don't say that to to discount the person, the player, the teammate that Nick Chubb is and, and what he means to this organization. I'm not discounting that. Uh, but this is a team game. It's the greatest team game there is. Uh, so we got to rally, and, and we'll rally without Nick. He'll be in the building, I'm sure, when he when he's back in, um, and we'll, and he'll support his team just like we're going to support him. Greg Newsom of the Cleveland Browns, his teammate, said it succinctly. Quote, the season's going to be for him. Everything we do, every practice, we're going to think about him. Every game we're going to play for him. So, I mean, this season's going to be dedicated to Nick Chubb. That's as succinct as you can put it as to what Chubb means to this team and his teammates feel about him. And all I thought of again when I watched that knee crumple and knowing that 2015 he had significant injuries suffered in that knee and we saw him as strong as ever. I mean, the guy had... 10 carries for 64 yards to that point in time. I mean, just give him the ball twice, you're moving the chains. That's what he means to this team. That does do pretty much everything off the run. And why not? Because he's that talented. I thought to myself two things. One, this looks as bad as it is. And maybe, just maybe, he can come back as strong as ever. I mean, modern minute, maybe he can put a speed bridge in there too in the same way that Aaron Rodgers had one put for his Achilles. Maybe, just maybe, this isn't the end of his career. But then again, you know how the NFL views its running backs. And that's the other thing I thought of. Hey, fans out there that are looking at Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, fans out there that were looking at Saquon and looking at Josh Jacobs, this summer and fans out there who are hearing about the zoom that happened amongst the running backs when it looked like Josh Jacobs and Saquon were kind of SOL before their teams sprinkled a little bit of money on top of their contracts in the form of incentives. Anybody out there that thinks that these guys 
aren't, if you will, team players, you're out of your minds. Running backs, get your money. Get your money while you can. And that's the one thing about at least Nick Chubb is that he got paid. Three-year, $36 million contract he signed. Now, at the time, that was a decent chunk of change for sure. $20 million guaranteed. He was earning a base salary of $10.8 million this year, which is pretty much what Saquon and Josh Jacobs wound up signing for with their franchise tag. So he has been paid in a manner that others have not. That's what I thought. That at least he's been paid, and every running back out there that looks at that, by the way, an injury on grass, don't want to point out yeah. since that was a conversation about Rodgers being on turf. Yep, yep. But I mean, unfortunately for Chubb, his foot was firmly planted and his leg just as straight as it can possibly get when Minka Fitzpatrick's helmet connected. That this is what happens to running backs. They're the ones amongst the trash, as it's referred to, with what's going on in the line of scrimmage. They're the ones who go through the fray. They're the ones who absolutely are in the line of fire more than maybe anyone else who carry a football. Obviously, offensive linemen and defensive linemen can have ankles hurt when somebody falls on you. Really, what Shaq Thompson of Carolina had that happen to him last night. So, get yours when you can. Everybody who runs the football in the National Football League, get yours and make sure you get yours. And that's the other aspect of this for the Browns moving forward. What do they do? Because in the same way, again, that I heard, I heard from, this, I just want to say this. I heard from Browns fans every single time I would say into this microphone, Jets fans can't have too many nice things, can they? And I heard from Browns fans saying, I feel you. And here goes maybe everybody's favorite player on offense on that team in, in, in Cleveland going down in horrifying fashion. Out for the year, who knows future. But they are set up to run. They are set up to win. You do see Cincinnati having a big question mark of whether Joe Burrow can play next week. You know, they're going to send out a Jake Browning against uh, Aaron Donald on Monday Night Football? <laughs> okay. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, it's possible as we're sitting here right now. Yeah. That could be 0-3. You know, the Steelers last night got some big moments from their defense, and all the Browns have to do is clean things up a little bit. They can win that game. And I know that they did have a very nice night from Jerome Ford. And they may look at Jerome Ford in the same way that the Jets look at Zach Wilson. I am equating the two here. And fortunately for Browns fans, and I will say that, understand my circumstances in which I'm saying that. I'm comparing this to the Jets. Uh, Quarterbacks don't just sit at the crib ready to come in and start performing for you in a significant way. They're not available for you two weeks in in a significant way. The Jets are going to have to stick with Zach. And the Browns might sit here and go, Jerome Ford can do it. I mean, sitting at home is former Brown Kareem Hunt. Sitting at home is Leonard Fournette. And sitting out there saying maybe, come get me and put the bell around my neck here so I can be your bell cow, is Jonathan Taylor. He's got two weeks until he's allowed to come back and play football. Do you go ahead and go and hit them on their hip in Indianapolis? Check it out. Because you know if Chris Ballard was asking for Friggin' Jalen Waddle, and yeah, you know, right. basically, your firstborn. <laughs> uh, maybe you know, and that's from teams that weren't, if you will, desperate. I don't know what the price is, but do you do that? And also, maybe you just maybe you say to him, you know, we'll we'll offer you a little something, something right now, 
for this year, but we just need to see if Nick's, because Nick's our guy, we need to see if Nick's rehabbing and he can come back from this thing so we can just hand him the rock again. And you just tell that to Jonathan Taylor. You think Jonathan Taylor would want out of Indianapolis to do that sort of thing? Does he see what's happened in Indianapolis over the last two weeks and he sees, okay, you can be part of that. I'm staying here. Right, I don't know. Anthony Richardson is long... Maybe he doesn't have to keep running it in if I'm there and putting his body on the line, and maybe he can finish a game, which he has not been able to do in his first two career starts. Thing is, uh, Cleveland obviously doesn't have their first-round pick this year. That goes to Houston. They do have a second-round pick, probably going to be about in the 40s. Is that enough to get it done? Probably not. I don't know. Don't forget, apparently he asked for Jalen Waddell. Is it a player player in the second-round pick? You're not flipping the Colts Amari Cooper. Or Elijah Moore, who, by the way, you know, you traded a second-round pick to go get. Right. You're not doing that. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, they, they, uh, I mean Joku is just, like, when he gets he some head of steam, look out. So, you know, you know, just. Elijah Moore in the second-round pick? No, is that you don't enough? want to trade. No, no, it's not. It's not. Okay. I mean, the kid Bell, I believe, from Purdue is from Indianapolis. I don't know. But that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for Jalen Waddle. This may be not a marriage here. And also, again, this kid, Jerome Ford, has got some burst. He had 106 yards rushing under the circumstances, including a huge run. That was the lion's share of his yardage. When it looked like the Browns were going to succumb to the moment of losing their leader in Nick Chubb. Just again, some food for thought. Um, and we're you're going to... Here's the interesting thing now that we've got a podcast network. Uh, Ian Rappaport's going to be zooming in with Susie and Amy for what the football later on, and they'll ask him what the Jonathan Taylor market is. And so that'll be later on in the day. But later on on this program, we've got Lewis Riddick talking about Colorado beating Colorado State and the Saints Essentially showing Bryce Young, you're not in the SEC anymore. They're 2-0 right now. For the first time in the history of the NFC South, born in 2002, established in 2002, is the first time that there are three 2-0 teams in that division. That's never happened before. So Lewis will join us on that. Warren Sapp on everything going on in Warren's world. Uh, but let's take a break as we're seeing phone lines light up. We love it. Along with, by the way, my top five performers of week two. We've got that list for you. Um, coming up next, what is going on in New England? Oh, Brockman just sat up straight. Yep. What's going on there is the Patriots are 0-2 for the first time since Tom Brady trotted onto a field for the first time. What? How did that, how did that season end? Oh, they won, uh, they won the Super Bowl. Oh, cool. Not yeah, worried. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Not worried. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Lewis is now walking through that door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston with the latest on what's going on in New England when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. So, uh, did you like two games at once? I love it. Do you like two games at once? I love it. Um, Here's the deal. It really cut into me watching Monday Night Raw, which I had to wait till after oh, football. So then, no, okay, so, nice. But, nope. I mean, I watched both games, though. I did. I just love watched. It. I love the early window when there's a London game. I like the four windows on Sunday. I but want you, doubleheader Mondays. I know some people that weren't a More fan football. of having two games at once it was on tough. Monday. It was tough to go back. TVs forth. are cheap. Can yeah. you dig it? You have a laptop. Like, what are we doing? The way it was described to me um, by <laughs> someone some in the know as to why they're doing it is more football for everyone is better. Yeah. And um, and, and it also is a, um, uh, 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 what's the word for it? it? It's a backstop if one of the night games isn't good. Stinks, yeah. If the night game, if the standalone game isn't good, there's a backstop that could be another one. The early well, well, game next yesterday week. yesterday because it's Saints and right. Panthers was a, whoa, whoa, hey. Right. And next week, it's it's Rams and Bengals at 8 Eastern. And the 7 o'clock are two 2-0 two teams, Eagles at Bucks. Yeah, fun. So the early one, if you will, is is two 2-0 two teams. Also, Rich, from a gambling perspective, you know, if you're not – if your bets from the early game aren't going too well, it could be like reload up on the five o'clock game. Oh, is that the way it works? Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, the person I reached out to yeah. for information as to the theory behind this from the NFL's point of view, he didn't mention that. Yeah. And there are eight gambling sponsors, probably. I don't know. Didn't mention that either. Mm, interesting. You should have gone to Degenerates.com. You would have found a lot of answers. <laughs> is that the only thing? That's Brockman's is website. There such a, is there Degenerates.com? I don't know. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. You're the HR. Right now. HR should not just go delving into those depths, sir. Get that right now. willy-nilly. Yeah. You're right. Hold on. Careful. There are 100 numbers he can call. I don't condone looking <laughs> that up. <laughs> Let me use it in my phone I hope you find one. file not found. Hey. Welcome back to Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk for by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Anytime something's up with the Patriots, we send up the signal. And he has answered once again NBC Sports Boston and the host of uh, his own podcast on the New England Patriots. And he is none other than Tom Curran joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, the host of Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast. How are you, Tom? Tremendous. Over the moon. Personal best. <laughs> best day of his life. I didn't know this was a PB. I had best no. I had no idea. Uh, okay, the state of the Patriots is fill in the blank. Worrisome. Tom. It's worrisome. Zero and two was not beyond the pale, and the performance against the Eagles was encouraging enough to have me handing out the eighth moral victory in the past three seasons. <laughs> but you can only and they, they, I counted them. There have been eight. Okay. <laughs> But you can only have a moral victory, I finally came to conclude, if you do something with the lesson that you were taught. They fall behind 16 to nothing against the Eagles and then fall behind 17 to three against the Dolphins. Rich, we hear people talk about a Bill Belichick coach team and the tenets that it adheres to and the way it plays football and the situational smarts. That's so far gone from what we're seeing. And it's and, and I thought it would be cured post Patricia and judge and it's continuing on with the lack of attention to detail and quality control. So it's concerning to me. So to what do you attribute this, Tom? There's a talent gap to begin with. And the talent gap, I think forces them to make mistakes. You know, you look at the first game, you can't control Mac Jones throwing high to Kendrick Bourne, which turns into a pick. You can't tell Ezekiel Elliott after however many years he's been in the league, hey, make sure you don't fumble after you catch the screen. Both of those things happen. Dietrich Wise, who's a captain, lined up offsides. He extended a drive in the first game against Philly. They turned that into a field goal. Kyle Duggar wiped out a sack with a defensive hold. Philly turned that into a touchdown. And that was the end of a 20-yard drive. I mean, they played as well as they could. That's why I come out of that game and I'm like, hey, you know what? 48 minutes, they actually took it to the Eagles. And then they came out against 
the Miami Dolphins and they had a fumble on one of their first drives and then they couldn't match up and they got just shredded by on second and 19. They get a, you know, 20 yard gain to Jalen Waddle. There's just a talent gap that's exacerbated by the physical and mental mistakes they're making. So I guess the positives would be what? Like, I, I know you said that you, you, you expected most uh, post Patricia and judge cleaning up some mm-hmm. some of the mistakes that you rarely see on a team that's situationally brilliant year in and year out, certainly compared to the competition. But just eye test. I mean, Mac Jones looks far more confident 100%. And, and gets rid of the football in a far more efficient way than we saw at maybe any point last year over these first two games. Tom, oh, right? 100% last year and, and in some ways reminiscent of, of 2021 and probably better than 2021. I think that he's more confident, but their margin for error is so low that when he makes a mind-numbing mistake, like the pick down the sideline to Devontae Parker, who was boxed out into the cheerleaders by Xavier Howard, you're not coming back from it. You know, people here were saying, wow, they all, we were really close the other night. Cole Strange, I mean, it was that close to getting that first. Close to what? They were at the 30-yard line if they got that first down. They were still down by a touchdown. Close is, you know, the Titans against the Rams in 1999 in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Close isn't your guard tackled at the 30 with a minute and a half left and no timeouts. Sorry. that's No, I, I hear you, Tom. And that's, Loaded for bear out here. That's one of the many reasons why I love having you on is you're, you're, you shoot uh, straight. And so maybe you can help interpret this i know mac jones interpreted it on his own on uh, weei uh radio locally but uh mac certainly post game had uh some eyebrows raised with this comment let's uh let's play it for the audience here definitely got to play better and learn from it and you know be here early and leave late and do it together i think that's the biggest thing it's if a couple guys are doing it it's not good enough clearly so uh we got to put put more into it and we'll get more out of it and I know he said locally that he wasn't throwing any of his teammates in an unnamed fashion under a bus, but I don't know how else you would take that to mean other than the fact that not everyone is doing what he yeah, advocates. I'm, yeah, trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube a little bit, but when you say it's the biggest thing, everyone has to do it together, it's not the biggest thing the next day and does not infer that everyone is not doing it together. And I think that that's another aspect of of the Patriots that maybe falls away a little bit as the traditions of what they were about and who they had at quarterback fall away. I mean, as Bill Belichick used to say, when your best player is your hardest worker, it makes a difference. And everyone understood that Tom Brady was the best player. I don't know if teammates think Mac is the best player. They like him. They definitely like him. They definitely think that there's upside there and they do think he works hard, but I don't think that, you know, random wide receiver X is looking at Mac and going, holy crap, he's pissed. I have to get in there, make sure I stay late. I just don't think it exists the same way it would have if Tom Brady looked at Chad Ojosinko and said, where are you going? So it it's different. It's just, it's the nature of things. And we were spoiled that the circle of NFL life skipped two or three times over this area <laughs> but it's but it's come around now well hey man i i i knew again um let's just to uh, you know talk about my allegiances i knew again when mariano rivera retired that the yankees wouldn't have a closer like that again and then it, we we had it great you know and that's the way it works for pretty much every franchise in any sport when an all-time great leaves i guess unless you're the the packers or something like that um, but you put it all together and it sounds like you don't believe or the general sense is that there's enough in the pipeline there to actually have a playoff season or no, what? I think what they do you can. say? I, I think that they can. I think that they could have won either of those games had they not committed mistakes that they did. But Rich, in the last five games that they played going back to last year, mm-hmm. They fell behind the Cincinnati Bengals 22 to nothing. They gave an opening game kickoff up to the Buffalo Bills. They fell behind Philly 16 to nothing. They fell behind Miami 17 to three. 
All four of those are good teams. And they didn't come out prepared and ready to play, dug themselves a hole, and then had to valiantly try to claw back. And in each of those games, they did valiantly try to claw back. All of those were representative. Not bad. So I think that they can beat teams like the Jets and the Commanders and the Colts. I think that they could probably take care of business against the Chargers. But I look at other teams and say they're not competitive against them. In their last nine games, Rich, they're 2-7. and seven. Mm. The two teams that they beat were the Miami Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson and the Arizona Cardinals with Colt McCoy. That's a nine-game stretch that if they had those quarterbacks, their starters, could the Patriots have been 0-9 over their last nine? I mean, we're looking at the Patriots and the logo and the head coach and saying, look out, and the results argue differently. Tom Curran, NBC Sports, Boston Patriots insider and the host of Tom Curran's Patriots Talk podcast. A couple minutes left with him here on this busy Tuesday uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about the third rail subject that you talked about during the summer. Uh, I mean, is there, I guess this is a better, if there's any time for the Patriots to have Jets week come up and the quarterback that Belichick maybe. I don't know, uh, over the history of of him signing the cocktail napkin since, I don't know if there's been a quarterback he loves to or been more successful tormenting the most than Zach good, Wilson. I mean, he did. He had Sam Donald seeing ghosts. He had a good time with Sam. I know that. I know he had him seeing ghosts. <laughs> I get that. But uh, the, the reason why the Jets went and got Rodgers and it became so uh, obvious that they could not stick with Zach Wilson anymore in many ways, is the fact that they got swept by the Patriots last year, and he looked the way that he did in both of those games, and after the last one, uh, took to the podium and sounded so completely without responsibility that they had to sit him. And now, mm-hmm. now what happens? That it's Zach Wilson coming against, uh, coming to the bear, coming to the four again against New England. What are your two cents on that subject matter? Writ large, everything. They're looking, I think the Jets are looking at the Patriots and again, looking at the results of the last nine games. And the game prior to that last nine game stretch was that game against the Patriots. The Patriots lost, excuse me, won 10 to three on a buzzer beater punt return by Marcus Jones. I mean, the Jets held the Patriots totally in check. And we can look at it and say it's going to be different with Bill O'Brien and it will. But the Jets look at the Patriots as a winnable game too with Zach Wilson. You know, I was listening to Lavernius Coles and Wayne Corbett doing their podcast for the 33rd team, and they both said, this is about the only game we have coming up here that we ought to win. Wow. And I wouldn't blame them for feeling that way. I mean, you have to look at the Patriots game and their lack of offensive explosiveness. And, I mean, it's first down, second down, third down, conversion or punt. First down, second down, third down, conversion or punt. They don't get chunk plays because they they don't have the skill to do it on the outside necessarily, and they definitely haven't shown the protection, and they're going up against one of the best fronts in football. The Jets are going to look at this as we can get to two and one here with Zach, buy the kids some time, and save our season. So this is not the layup I think the Patriots fans and and maybe the players themselves kind of hoped it would be. I don't think the players would look at this as a layup either, though. I think the players are a little more realistic. Well, I think Bill's also going to whip him up, I, I would think. Um, so walk me through crystal ball it for me, Tom Curran. The Patriots wind up 0-3, losing to the Jets and giving wind to the Zach Wilson project 3.0. Um, what does it look like there in New England and inside – Patriots place Tom. it's bleak it's bleak and you know the the following games fortunately I think they have the commanders the Saints um Vegas the Jets again Vegas yeah I mean the, the Patriots depending upon the day and the way they're performing are anywhere between I think the 12th best team in the league and the 26th best team in the league and right now they're probably closer to 26 they get in against a team that's better than them, they they lose. If they get it against a team that's similar to them, they generally win. So they got to get a, the wins against the teams that are similar to them. That would be Jets. That would be Commanders. That would be Saints. That would be Raiders. And 
bill will keep on. But when we talked about hot seat and what the fallout would be, mm-hmm. I said, Bill will be fine if the quality of the product improves, if the quality control was better, if they're situationally smart, they're disciplined, they start well, and they look like they have the arrow pointing up, regardless of record. I would say relative to last year, it looks like the arrow is pointing up, but they're still situationally not very intelligent. And they're not disciplined when you look at some of the penalties they've taken through the first two games. So quality control under Bill Belichick is certainly not what we've become accustomed to and it continues that way. So let's just say that's the way as we leave it with you for the moment, um, it, it, the season goes. What happens then? I don't know, Rich. The last time I answered the question, I had to spend a week and a half talking about hot seats. I don't know what happens. Told you in August. Got myself in trouble. <laughs> no, you didn't get yourself. What? Like what? Your your Dunkin' order was delayed two minutes by no, somebody. No, I just had to look at all that at Tommy Curran crap on social. <laughs> Bob Curran says Bill on hot seat. All right. Well, I mean, okay. Not today, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> hey, hey, Tom. Tom, the Pats should just trade for Justin Jefferson, right? He's going to be unhappy, okay. and the Vikings are going to be one and five. Uh huh. Okay. I saw Not a nice a fake trade point. out there. Is that Not right? a horrible point? Two firsts and a second. Like, why wouldn't we do that? I mean, we were pining for DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't. I mean, he would have made a difference. I don't know. That, that would be. I don't know. I'm done with you, people. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't guess that with you calling me Satan, Tom. Oh, oh, I mean, sorry. that's okay. Uh, thanks for joining. I always appreciate it. Thanks again, brother. See you guys. Take At care. Tom E. Curran. Yeah. That's uh, Tom Curran, a Patriots Talk podcast right here on the Satan Show. <laughs> the Satan Empire. Tom the Satan e. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Satan yeah. Empire. Hey, man, that's what we're building here. I, I don't want to be a part According of the Satan Empire. Com. Well, you are. I got to go. <laughs> you are. Satan has the most fun, guys. Very good. Trust me. I disagree. I'd rather laugh with the Satan. So, I mean, that's the whole point. Billy Jones. That's the whole point. Patriots, it's one Patriots place, not 12th between 26th Patriots place. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Man. I mean, I'm kidding, not kidding about a Justin Jefferson trade. It's not but, happening. But that's the thing that the offense doesn't scare you. There's no, there's no big play threat. There's no home run threat. And so you're just going to be quick passing down the field and hoping that you convert third and fours. Here's what. And it's not fun. I'm telling you to your face. You know. And you can tell me to my face. This is what we can do. Our season is over? No. Oh. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying to you, Justin Jefferson is not walking through that door. And to me, Kirk Cousins is not walking through that door. Yeah. Even if they're 0-3. Even if they're 0-3. Even if the Chargers go in there. The 1-5 is a little different, no? No, that's different. I mean, let's look at Minnesota's schedule. I'm sure Vikings fans are like, move on, Satan. Um, <laughs> how about that? Didn't have that on the... Um, my Minnesota, they're at Carolina. Hey, Bryce Young looks like he needs a bit more seasoning, don't you think? Uh-huh, yep. Okay, he's holding on to the ball way too long. Yeah. And and he's not a runner in this. Oh in this my! League. Well, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. And I would suggest he slides because he 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 definitely doesn't look like he can take one of those monster hits too often. If Ant, let's put it this way: if Anthony Richardson has not finished games at his height and weight. Slide, Bryce, slide. Yeah. Get out of bounds. Then Minnesota after that is home for Kansas City at Chicago. Home for San Francisco. At it's, Green Bay, at Atlanta, which is two and zero. Home for New Orleans, which is two and zero. Yeah, I mean these are steep these are steep uh this, a tough schedule. It's now, not easy. Two weeks. Oh and two is a dreadful way for them to start. They've gotta win week three. I they're not trading either of them. I mean, they're definitely not trading Justin Jefferson. And they're just going to find a new quarterback next year. What if he uh, says, I want out? Who, Justin? And it's three and six. He hasn't said a word, as you know, on his contract. I know. Nothing. Except, you know, um, it's being worked on. It's different for a receiver. You've heard those things. Mm. I'm trying to, but manif- he pulls a I'm trying to manifest. You're trying to, you want him yeah. to pull a Harden? I'm trying to manifest. Send him to China. And see what he's got to say. <laughs> Give him some honey buns. No, you don't want that. I'm going to say this again. (laughs) That's right.
I will not. Let me repeat. Okay. Let's take a break. Phone calls. And then there's, uh, by the way, the Patriots just went 0-2 as the Dolphins improved to 2-0. Only one other 2-0 team in the AFC now that the Browns lost. And we'll discuss that team for a bit because the AFC North appears to be winnable right now for the Ravens. That's for darn sure. The Rich Eisen Show returns in a moment right here on Roku and this radio network. Mike, do your job. (laughs) What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Let's get to it uh, with the Big Lebowski. How are you introduced to that film i ran to the coen brothers a couple of years before that i guess at a party and they said we're writing something for you i say oh great because i was a big fan of blood simple and some other early and then i got the script and i said what this is not not like anything i've done were you were you spying and you know did you crash some of my high school parties and you you know i mean where where did this guy come from was that character based on anybody that you know? Yeah, it was based on a guy named Jeff Dowd. For them, you know, mm-hmm. they, they used him quite a bit. I met him. He came on the script. I didn't uh, use him too much. I really referenced uh, myself. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and the script, you know. When did you realize that this film would become... In many ways, Cut, hey, yeah. it's, you can't even call it a cult. It's, it's a classic. It's just oh. a flat-out classic now. Yeah, yeah. For the uh, Big Lebowski. I was surprised because we had a great time making it, and we were all, you know, laughing and, you know, thinking, oh, you know, this was a fun movie. We didn't think it was going to be anything like it was today. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised when it first came out and did nothing. It was like, you know, kind of a bomb. And then it uh, played in Europe, and they got it. And then it splashed back over uh, on our shores, and, and uh, you know he grew to become well. A, it a, is. As one of our colleagues on this show has a friend who went to a, a Lebowski bar oh. in Iceland. Oh yeah, got yeah. We got these. We have uh, Lebowski fests. Um, I've been to one. I played with my band at a Lebowski fest. <laughs> that was my Beatle moment, man. You know, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Playing to a sea of dudes and bowling pins and you know, moths. It was just totally surreal. Oh, my God. Jeff Bridges being the Jeff Bridges we had hoped and expected is one of the greatest delights in the near nine-year history of this Fact. program. Factual. Back here on uh, our program. Uh, stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and yours truly all season long for free and get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. (laughs) You need to drag that out. I think every time you read it. The just keep needs, beating. The pause needs to get longer. I should do like the Mona Lisa Vito yeah. foot stamp. Just the pause needs longer. Okay. I'll take notes. Got I appreciate it. your notes on that. <laughs> of course. Maybe that should be the fantasy name. The Silent Comma. The Silent, silent Comma, comma is not a, a bad one. It's a good band name. Murder. She wrote. <laughs> nice. Even <laughs> next 60 time minutes will be coming up following football, <laughs> followed by Murder. She wrote. <laughs> really did it, too. That's an amazing Manhattan. David in Texas will take your phone call. What's up, David? How are you, sir? Hey, Rich. I've uh, been watching your show forever. I was a big Dan Patrick fan. Not a fan of him anymore. Why? Because the way he treated his staff. No. You guys, the way you interact with each other. I get yelled at I love the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Straight up. I'm a Packers. I own two shares of the Green Bay Packers. Hey. Oh. 
How many? Oh, hold on a second. How many shares do you own of the Green Bay Packers, Mike? <laughs> Two. But I really hey! one. No, you gave it away. I gave one away. Okay, so put it all together, David. You and this staff okay, here that you say I treat well. I'm make it real short. Three, three Tim shares. Tim Boyle is your boy. That guy spent three years behind Aaron Rodgers, okay. watching him throw the rock around. You guys have him on your team. Okay. Backing up Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson needs to go. You're literally pounding the table for Tim Boyle. I heard that, David. Uh, I am. I'm pounding the table, and more importantly is is that that guy worked with with Mr. Hackett. Okay, and, and I appreciate the call, you, David. Here's... Either, you have two choices. Yeah. You're either going to lose your offensive coordinator or you're going to keep him. And if you're going to keep him because Aaron Rodgers ain't coming back, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of bad karma coming from him because he could have taken less money and kept Devontae Adams yeah. in Green Bay. David, I'm going to push – I'm going to push back on a couple things. Number one, okay. and first of all, uh, Dan Patrick is a delight. And, you know, whatever he's treating his staff uh, on the air, that's it's it's for fun and games and whatever. They love him. He loves okay. them. That's number one. Number two, uh, I will say this, and thank you for the call. I will say this. If the Tim Boyle ripcord gets pulled, then Zach Wilson may not appear for the Jets ever again. I mean, that's that's a fact. These are facts. These are facts. If he gets pulled for Joe Flacco and Mike White and Tim Boyle, then we're done. Then we're done. Then we are done and finished. I don't know how you can come back from that. Like, hey, you looked so bad against Belichick that we have to sit you down and we're putting Tim Boyle in the game. Or, hey, whole country's watching. Whole country's watching. Sunday night football. Chiefs are in the house. Mahomes getting piz aid. Okay. Happy 28th birthday, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Here's $218 million. Hello. <laughs> I didn't turn 28 that way. I'll just tell you that. You didn't? No. You remember your 28th birthday? Yes, $2.18. <laughs> okay. I owe somebody So, <laughs> hey, um, hey, folks, boy, Chris Jones and Sneed and the rest of that defense, they're, they're abusing Zach. We've got to put Tim Boyle in for the national t- television audience. And I know I sound like I'm deriding him then Zach's done and they're not getting rid of the offensive coordinator because the plan is for the speed bridge to work well enough for Rodgers to come back. If not this year, then definitely next year and try it again. And they are not going to mess with his world enough. And that's one last point I kind of want to make here on this subject matter. I wasn't going to bring this up today, but this has now been brought up. When Rodgers is well enough First thing he's got to do is get on one of those rascals that Costanza had, you know, and get on the sideline yep. and get in the building because Great. the one guy who can help Zach Wilson better than anyone else is named Aaron Rodgers. And the one guy that can go in that locker room and say, hey, Brees, the four football emojis, hey, sauce, let's do that handshake again where we're, you know, smoking. Yeah. Let's all row together. Trust my guy, Nathaniel Hackett, and trust my guy in Zach. Let's stay the course. We're going to be good. I'm here now in the locker room. I'm here on the sideline. The faster, now that's the speed bridge I want to see work right now. But again, I'm not 39 years old convalescing from Achilles surgery that Clearly, he and no one else saw coming except the script writers of the script of the 2023 season. That sucks. Throw that out. So that's the, the, the faster he can come back, the yeah. better. Yep. 
Agreed. Uh, honest question, no trolling. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. No, no, I, I'm being serious. I appreciate the heads up. I, I'm being serious. Yeah. Like, if Mike White was still on the roster, do you think he's starting week three against New no, England? No, I don't think so. Because you can't – that was a part of last year's problem, too, was the revolving door that nobody wanted to see spinning, but I believe Salah had no choice but to spin after Zach looked the way that he looked in New England and said, no, did I let the team down? No, I didn't. Yeah. Like, well, everyone's like, what the what is that? And then Mike White damn near beat the Vikings. Right. Yeah. So, no. He got to stick the course with Zach. As much as I just think we've seen enough, as Larry said, he's at the end of his, uh, his, Will- his Wilson rope is frayed, <laughs> is what he said. You know, I honestly didn't plan on getting into this today. As you know, I was planning on talking about the Ravens this segment, and we're kind of out of time. I want to give the Ravens <laughs> a little bit more time because they're 2-0. Oh. Yeah. How about that? Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, Commanders, Bucks, Falcons, Saints. If I had told you, Christopher Brockman, TJ Jefferson, if I had told you guys before the season, mm-hmm. Mike, if I told you to. Thank you, What Rich. if I told you? Seven, there would be nine 2-0 oh teams. Mike wouldn't yeah. be listening. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be. I know one of them. There'd be nine two and O teams. Only two in the AFC. Which con- no, which conference would have this, you know, the mm-hmm. lion's share of it? There would be seven in one conference, two in the other. Which one would you have chosen? AFC. I mean, I guess my instinct would be AFC, but the AFC is tougher. So I would expect there to kind of be more in the NFC. I think. Yeah. Maybe it, that's a that's a good way to look at it. Maybe I'm playing the result. No, I don't no. know. No, no. You're right. The I AFC mean, is tougher, I think. Top to bottom, we can agree, but I guess seven two and zero in the NFC says they're better. First time since nineteen eighty nine, there's three two and zero teams in the NFC East, and first time in the history of the NFC South established two thousand two that there's three two and zero teams. And then you've got the Niners, Eagles. Yeah, you know, we got the uh, the uh, Niners in that mix, making the seventh. Three in the east, three in the south, one in the west. I think the three in the south is what the, is the most surprising. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Tampa could go 3-0 and if Baker Mayfield can plant a flag and stiff arm and wake up dangerous on the Eagles next Monday night. Oh, baby. That would be shocking. Yeah, let's go Bucks. He'd be ranked high on my son list if he wins that one. <laughs> He'd be number one on your son list. No, stop it. <laughs> stop it. How about Baker and Sam Howell, two long lost brothers? You know, they basically look like twins. No, they don't. But, oh man, I no, think they're crazy. No, they look like no, they, they don't. got the hair and the and the thin beard and yeah, the white beard. But Baker, Baker understands they're you both can't six wake feet up with tall. he doesn't wake up with bedhead. He's got a wife. He's got a dog. You know what I mean? Like he's got he's Sam got Howell responsibilities. Sam Howell doesn't have any of those things. I don't think so. Okay, let me check. I bet you Sam's just like a bachelor strolling around the the uh, the beltway. By the way, that's that's the proper use of Beltway. You don't refer to Baltimore. Although, as being Rich, part of I don't know, man. The, the people were I'm like, come on, the come people on, were commenting back saying Baltimore also has a Beltway. So yeah, I, I was there's a Beltway right. around both cities. Yeah, but when you refer to the Beltway, you're not referring oh. to Baltimore's Beltway, are you? Are we disrespecting Baltimore? Oh my God, I'm already. Oh. I literally, I will not be happy unless I piss off half of the AFC North in the last 24 hours. You don't want to get Baltimore mad, Rich. Welcome to my world. Avon Barksdale in line three. Uh, sure. Hey, oh. <laughs> Yeah, Sam Howell, I don't think has Susie, a wife. Susie, my, she, she's like looking at what she's going to wear for what the football. <laughs> she pulled out her Omar common t-shirt. I'm like, go ahead and wear it. Oh, that's mandatory. Omar's coming. Why not? I'm like, go ahead and wear it. Omar's coming. Omar coming. I like it. Mine doesn't fit me anymore. But no. I'm trying to get back into it. I mean, you're looking buff right now. Oh, thank you. You working out? You're looking good. <laughs> I mean... Well, you know what? Rich, Rich is like Banya. Oh, I'm huge. <laughs> just trying to, just trying to stay in shape while building empires. Wait, Jerry, I'm huge. Oh, the best, Jerry, the best. 